The Ontario Medical Association executive resigned en masse yesterday. They put out a statement last night. And to uh, make sense of exactly what is going on, we're joined now by friend of the show, Dr. Nadia Alam. She is a family doctor out of Georgetown. And now, um, Nadia, you were originally on the Coalition of Concerned Doctors. Is that correct? I was part of them, yes. But you're going to be starting on the OMA board in the spring. I am, and that's partly because uh, I realized, like a lot of doctors do, the OMA is the Ontario Medical Association, so the OMA is our only legal representative in Ontario. So to affect more lasting change, you don't just advocate from the outside. You have to get in and actually make change from the inside. So a whole bunch of doctors are trying to do this to move our organization forward. Give us an idea, uh, Dr. Lam, of uh, exactly who and how many people the Ontario Medical Association represents. So the Medical Association, the OMA represents the 29,000 working doctors uh, in Ontario. Now, if you, when you add in the medical students and the residents, the number jumps up to about 34,000. The OMA also has lifetime membership for retired doctors in Ontario. So when you add all of that in, it's about 42,000. <laughs> so the OMA is the body that speaks for the doctors? Yes, it is. It is our public face. It mm-hmm. is our advocate. And... Um, it is uh, it is our legal negotiating body. It's not quite a union, but it's about as close to one as doctors are going to get. Now, late Monday, the OMA released a statement that its six-member executive board had elected to step down. What a difference a week makes. Refresh our memories to where things stood a week ago. So about a week ago, we had a special council meeting. So that's about 270 doctors who have been elected as local representatives um, by their constituents to speak at the OMA. And they there were discussions, there was a long discussion about concerns around negotiations, the PR campaign, government relations and advocacy. After that discussion, there was a vote of non-confidence that was passed in the OMA executive. So the OMA executive and the OMA board took that and, and had numerous meetings this past week. And Well, originally one of the first things we heard was that the uh, OMA was saying, no, everything's fine and our doctors really like us. Yeah, that was a little bit strange, but they realized after a lot of discussion with the OMA board, which is about 25 doctors, Mm -hmm. um, that the OMA executive could not unite doctors the way they were. So for the good of the profession, they made a hard decision and stepped down. And I, I do respect them for it. And I'm hoping that with this clean slate, we can all move forward. All right, well, let's ta- unite and start speaking out for ourselves, our patients and the healthcare system. Could this be characterized as a coup? No, not at all. <laughs> we're, we're doctors. This is not Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, this now, is well, not let's, a coup at all. <laughs> let's talk about the fight, though, because there is a little bit of a war going on between the doctors and the province. It's been three years without a contract. Um, and let's talk about exactly what the doctors are wanting, because I think it's really confusing for the average person that gets lost in, you know, titles like the OMA and the health minister. What exactly do the doctors want? So it, you're right. The the doctors and the government have been at an impasse for like we're into our fourth year now. We don't have a contract. We've had cut after cut for the last five years. It's made it really hard for doctors to continue practicing medicine in Ontario. What does that mean? I just want to cut in for a second, but what does that mean if, uh, you know, uh, public, you know, servants like doctors, they don't have a contract? I mean, are, are they essentially working freelance for the government? Is that what's going on here? No, it means that the government's just making things up and imposing it on doctors. So they have an unfair and unsafe contract that they've imposed on doctors, and we have no recourse. 
Okay. Right? That's why we're asking for binding arbitration so that we don't have to, to do things like job action or anything like that. Doctors don't want to, things to escalate. They just want to settle this impasse. And so that's why we want binding arbitration. However, more than our own contract, we want this government to start listening to the voices of frontline healthcare patients, caregivers, and come up with a smart solution to fixing this healthcare system because this system is it's dragging everything down. Okay, but Even it's been have, almost four years. Do you have faith that this government can listen to what's going on and what's being said? I am an eternal optimist. I keep hoping they're going to come to their senses, but I'm, I'm beginning to lose faith. My hope is, though, that even if they don't care about mm-hmm. the doctors, at least they should care about the public, right? That's 13 million votes out in Ontario, and elections are around the corner. If the patients start speaking up about their health care system, that the government should bend to their will, right? They're the ones who elected the government and put them into place. They're the ones who can take them down. Health Minister Eric Hoskins said in a statement that he remains hopeful that an agreement can be reached with the OMA. I understand the OMA, and you're you're echoing this right now, pretty firm on wanting negotiations to go to binding arbitration. Why is it, do you think, that the government does not want things to go to binding arbitration? I honestly do not know. I mean, Kathleen Wynne and Eric Hoskins, they do this all the time when they're negotiating. They say they welcome everybody to the table. They talk the talk but they won't walk the walk. That silly PR set in December with the fake contract was a perfect example. Why do you call it a fake contract? What don't we know? Um, Because it was the exact same contract that doctors turned down in the summer. It makes no sense to hand it back to us and say, here you go, and then run and within half an hour hold a press conference saying, look, ta-da, we've got another new agreement. Were they hoping that the doctors would look bad and that the public then would be on the side of the government and say, well, look at these doctors. They get a deal again and they they won't sign off on it. That's sort of what it felt like to a lot of doctors. Honestly, it it felt as if the government was busy playing political games rather Mm. than taking this seriously. I mean, the the thing with binding arbitration is it avoids situations like what doctors are facing right now, where one group bullies another into an unfair, unsafe contract. For essential workers like the police, like paramedics, and like other doctor associations across Canada, binding arbitration is a fair way to settle disputes and avoid job action. So it makes no sense that the liberals are are not giving us binding arbitration. Other public servants get binding arbitration when working at deals, teachers and such, correct? Um, I don't know if they have binding arbitration, but I know that essential services do, right? The ones that cannot go on strike because the fear is that if they do, it might hurt patient care. Okay. So for them, binding arbitration is their recourse, and that's what doctors want too. Right now, we have nothing. Are we going to see an OMA executive now, a new one that takes a harder line with the government? I sure hope so. We, the, the members, like the frontline doctors like me, we want our OMA to start banging its drums and start telling the stories about wait lists, hospital beds, canceled surgeries. Healthcare is a complex issue, and it's so much more than just our contracts. We want our OMA to talk about that stuff, because really, that's the stuff that matters to us. That's the stuff that matters to our patients. Who elects the executives, and when does that happen? The board will go ahead and do that. That will be under their power and purview. But isn't the board made up of some of the execs that step down? Uh, about six of them. The other uh, other 19 members are, are doctors who've been elected to represent them, represent members on the board. Okay. So there's, there are a lot of physician leaders. Honestly, there are. Mm-hmm. And my hope is that they'll step forward and lead us forward.
Dr. Lamb, so you said, I, I just might have missed that, you said they're going to vote on it in the spring. Is that correct? Do you know when? I know that uh, elections are going on right now um, and will be going on into, the, into March where there will be new delegates elected, new board directors elected. I myself was elected back in November, but I don't start on the board till May. Mm-hmm. So we know that change is happening slowly. The executive stepping down, what they did was actually put, kickstart that change, right? Um, by kickstarting that change, what we'll see is that the OMA is going to start advocating more strongly right now, because right now is when healthcare is falling apart. I mean, Kelly, you saw the news reports last week, hospital after hospital is canceling surgeries. It's mm. getting insane out there. Will you be in a, a limbo right now until the executives are in place? No, not at all. We've got the OMA board leading us. Yeah. We're not in limbo at all. Okay. Well, if... Yeah. If it does go to job auction action, because we're hearing about job action, I spoke to somebody else from the coalition uh, about a week ago uh, when the non-confidence vote uh, actually was passed and nothing came of it, at least back then. Uh, you know, I asked what job auction action would look like with regards to doctors. Can you give us an idea of some examples of what a job action could be? Because they were very vague. Obviously, nobody wants to go to job action, but if you have to, what does that look like? Yeah, so... What we want is um, a job action that's going to keep patient care safe, right? We understand that patient convenience might be affected, but patient safety will not. So the ideas that are coming forward and the ideas that have already been implemented keep that one principle in mind. So the first thing that doctors have done is they've started stepping back from any committees that require them to volunteer more time away from patient care to implement Bill 41, right? The Patients First Act. So that was the first step that doctors took. And it Give was us an idea of a committee power. that they'd be on, for example. So they would be on committees for the LINs, right? The Local Health Integration Networks. Um, those committees, uh, doctors aren't paid for that time. It's during workday hours. That's time that could have been spent on patient care. Okay. And the frustrating thing is we've been on those committees now for about three to four years, and we've not been able to make any change. Mm. So we're going to back off from those committees and we're going to instead put our time and effort into stuff that actually matters, patient services. The reason we're so frustrated with Bill 41 is that all it does is add more bureaucracy without actually adding patient services. And that's not acceptable to us. So let me see if I get this right. You're going to basically, doctors, if there was job action, it would be more like a triage system, like you see in the emergency room. We're going to go with what is emergent right now, what's urgent and what needs to be taken care of, and the other things that can, you know, they're important, but can Mm -hmm. uh, live uh, without our attention for a little while. We're going to step away from those. Yes, yes. There is talk of escalating job action. So right now we're talking about walking away from committees. Patient care is not going to suffer for that. But what will happen is that the government's going to have a hell of a time trying to put Bill 41 through. As we step away from more committees, we're going to be talking about doing actual service disruptions. So we may stop doing um, certain procedures that are no longer paid by the government. Like what? Um, Stuff like physicals, right? Annual physicals are not paid for by the government. Wow. I did not know that. They stopped doing it. Okay. And they've just been cutting services like this bit by bit. Right? So I better Without get in from my reason. schedule, my my physical now is what you're saying? It's <laughs> <laughs> probably a good idea. Been a couple of years, not going to lie to you. <laughs> All right, well, that's interesting. So uh, it might look a little bit, uh, it might affect the patient, and that's not what you want to do. But, you know, for things like a physical, which can be important to yeah. catch things. 
And I do agree. And my hope is that we're not going to have to come to that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go on strike. But honestly, Kelly, this healthcare system is crashing around our ears. Our patients are trapped with nowhere to go, no access to timely universal care. If this government continues being unreasonable again and again, they're going to end up forcing our hand. And it's so stupid that this government forces every negotiation with every organization into job action. It's stupid that nurses and teachers and now doctors have to do job action just to get fair treatment and a fair contract. That's not the way this should be going. Well, listen, this has been going on for uh, over three years, now going into its fourth year. So I'm sure that uh, anyone who's ever, you know, looked for and wanted stable work can uh, appreciate what you guys are going through. And, uh, you know, I I don't I think we all know that our medical our our medical doctors are looking out for us. You know, we are the number one priority. Um, I think a lot of people assume that it's money, but at the end of the day, it's very expensive to run a practice when you think about all the people you have to pay. And uh, let's talk about electricity in the province and getting any cheaper. So it's very expensive for you guys. I appreciate you joining us and filling us in on exactly what's going on. And hopefully we'll have you on the show again uh, when, uh, you know, uh, if anything changes. Thank you very much for having me on the show again, Kelly. It was always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great day. Dr. Nadia Lam talking about how the OMA executives just stepped down last night and uh, what is going to happen in the near future.